don't know if you know, but um, uh, I've been house hunting lately. And one place that uh, we looked at had mirrors covering the walls in every room. I thought, I can see myself living there. Sorry. Just trying to break the... uh, uh, Warner Brothers, uh, they're releasing a new film. Okay, it's about a tractor. The trailer will follow. They're also making a, a documentary about uh, how to fly a plane. They're currently filming the pilot. I went to the zoo yesterday. <coughs> Didn't really, but I went to the zoo yesterday and saw a baguette in a cage. The zookeeper said it was bred in captivity. I want to carry on today um, looking at... Can we put the projector up? Thank you. Um, I want to carry on today, well, maybe finishing what I've been doing over the last few weeks. A few weeks ago, I did um, about being open, uh, that we are called to be salt and light, and that we have the light of Jesus, the light of the world within us, and that we choose to hide it, and that the fact that we have the light of the world in us, but... We can't stop that light, but we can hide that light. And so I called us to be open, to be people who are open to the Holy Spirit, open to other people, open to be people that share the gospel, that we do actually shine the light that's within us and that we don't hide it. We can hide it because of the things we're going through. We can hide it because all sorts of things. But I called us and reminded us to be open. Because, see, when we are open, we are then able to see other people open their door, their life, to uh, knowing Jesus. And then we talked from Galatians 5 the next week um, about being free. That Christ has truly, really set us free. And that he has set us free, so let's make sure that we stay free. And that at times we can, well, Paul tells us that um, in, ver- in Galatians 5, 7, and 8, that you were getting along so well, who has interfered with you to hold you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God, he says. And so I asked the question, what, what's happened? What has happened? And challenged us to ask that question. What's happened in our life that maybe we've stopped running this race that Paul talks about because we were doing so well? You see, the wonderful truth is that Jesus has set us free, not free to do whatever we want to, but free to love one another. And then a couple of weeks ago, we had a great morning where we were um, talking about the call of Matthew as a disciple. And if you remember, we we did this exercise about um, the uh, gospel parallels. And we looked at that and and we used that as a tool to help us understand and delve a bit deeper into um, Scripture and this whole relationship we have with Scripture and understanding it. And we we looked at um, what came out of it was that we could see that that possibly there there are different levels of being a a believer, a follower, and a disciple. That a believer obviously is someone who believes in Jesus. A A follower is someone who acts in accordance with the teachings of Jesus, and then a disciple is someone who actually actively spreads that good news. We had an interesting discussion about this in our life group, actually, and 
and, and someone said, well, surely if, if we are a follower of Jesus, then we are a disciple as well. Because if, if we're a follower, we should be acting in accordance with the teachings uh, that Jesus gave. And Jesus' teaching is that we should go into all the world, that we should share Jesus, that we should be the witnesses. So that was an interesting um, thought. I don't know what you think about that. I know I had some great feedback from people who, who went home and, and had a look again at this and, and uh, examined what Scripture was saying. And so today, I, I want to talk about this belonging to Christ. Last week, I, I gave a little um, soundbite of what um, we wanted to do. And so let me get to the right slide. Belonging to Christ. The key verse I want to look at today is from Galatians 5. And I hinted last time when we were doing about being free that there was more that I wanted to talk about from Galatians 5. And in particular, this verse, verse 24, where it says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. And I read that, and I really wanted to explore that more. What does that mean to me? You know, he says, we, those who belong to Christ, he says, have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. And so when I read that, those who belong to Christ... It caused me to do some study then. So a little, little bit of insight to how, what I would do then. I would then look up these words, those who belong to Christ. And, and, and as a result of that, there's other passages in Scripture that talk about what it means to belong to Christ. And so I want to look at those before we look at verse 24 of Galatians 5. So Romans 1 verse 6 says this. Actually, I'm going to go to it. Romans 1, verse 6. And let's go from verse 1. So if you have your Bible, please come, come with me there to Romans 1, verse 6. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says this. This letter is from Paul, Jesus Christ's slave, chosen by God to be an apostle, sent out to preach his good news. This good news was promised long ago by God through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. It is the good news about his son, Jesus who came as a man, born into King David's royal family line. And Jesus Christ, our Lord, was shown to be the Son of God when God powerfully raised him from the dead by means of the Holy Spirit. Through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them so that they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name. So, you know, this is a true disciple, isn't it? Someone who follows Jesus Christ because of Christ. We have the privilege of sharing, of spreading the good news um, to everyone, that everywhere what God has done for them. And verse verse 6 says this, You are among those who have been called to belong to Christ. And so the first thing I want to say today is that you, me, we have been called to belong to Christ. We have been called to belong 
to Christ. Know this, that as a disciple of Jesus, you have been called to belong to Christ. And I'm going to repeat this passage, this, these words all through this morning. That we belong to Christ, so let's belong to Christ. One Corinthians three twenty three says this. Verse twenty one. So don't take pride in following a particular leader. Everything belongs to you. Paul and Apollos and Peter, the whole world and life and death, the present and the future, everything belongs to you. And you belong to Christ and Christ belongs to you. You belong to Christ and Christ belongs to you. Know this, that as a disciple, you have been called to belong to Christ. You belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to you. So let's live like that, that Christ belongs to us, and we belong to him. Romans 8 tells us some more about what it means to belong to Christ. I've already read this passage of Scripture in in most of the, the series that I've been doing here. Fantastic passage of scripture, one that we probably know very well. well. It says here right in verse 1. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. For the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you. Through Christ Jesus, from the power of sin that leads to death. We have been set free. We are free, so let's be free. We are no longer, the, the, the power of sin no longer has a hold on us. We have been set free from that power. And we now live in the power of the Holy Spirit because we belong to Christ. And because we belong to Christ, there is no condemnation. Let's read the whole of, let's read some more here. The law of Moses could not save us because of our sinful nature. But God put into effect a different plan to save us. He sent his own son in a human body like ours, except that ours are sinful. God destroyed sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. God destroyed sin's control over us. He did this so that the requirement of the law would be fully accomplished for us who no longer follow our sinful nature but instead follow the Spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Let's go down a bit. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit. Since Christ lives within you, even though your body will die because of sin, your spirit is alive because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Those who belong to Christ are free of condemnation. Those who belong to Christ have been set free from the power of sin and have the power of the Holy Spirit.
find out some more about it, what it means to belong to Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Verse 1 says, This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. And from our brother, I can't say his name, we are writing to the church of God in Corinth. You who have been called by God to be his own holy people. He made you holy by means of Christ Jesus, just as he did all Christians everywhere. Whoever calls upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord and theirs. Our Lord and theirs. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you his grace and peace. Verse 4 says this. I can never stop thanking God for all the generous gifts he has given you now that you belong to Christ Jesus. He has enriched your church with gifts of eloquence and every kind of knowledge. This shows that what I told you about Christ is true. Now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will keep you strong right up to the end. And he will keep you free from all blame on the great day when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. So what do we learn from here? That those who belong to Christ have every spiritual gift, every generous gift. Everything we need in order to be strong in our walk, in our following Jesus Christ as a disciple, as a follower. We have everything we need. So why do we struggle sometimes? We pray a minute. Father, I thank you that you have given us every spiritual gift in order for us to live in the power of the Holy Spirit as we eagerly wait the return of you. Forgive us, Lord, when we've tried to do it in our own strength. You see, if we belong to Christ, we should believe that we have every spiritual gift we need in order to belong to Christ, to be people who are known that belong to Christ. So the challenge I'm bringing to us all, including myself, Do people know that you belong to Christ?
You see, if we belong to Christ, then let's belong to Christ. Remember, we were looking at the call of Matthew. And one of the things that we learned from looking at the, the three different Gospels was this, that Luke talks about inviting Jesus to be the person of honor. He placed him as the highest honor in his home. Jesus was the center of his home. And as a disciple, as a follower of Jesus, then Jesus should be the center of our lives. Our lives revolve around him because we belong to Christ and Christ belongs to us. There is more. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 to 18 says this. Always be joyful. Keep on praying. No matter what happens, always be thankful. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. I love the way Paul writes, and you'll see throughout his letters, he uses these triplets as a means of helping us understand. And you see it in other writers as well. Can you remember when we looked at Jude and the three things that we, the triplet in there that was to build, pray, and love. And here we have this joy, prayer, joyful, prayer, and thankful, that we should be joyful. You know, it says here, this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. That we should be joyful, that we should be prayerful, that we should be thankful. You see, those who belong to Christ are joyful, are prayerful, are thankful. Know this, that because you belong to Christ, you could be and should be joyful, prayerful, and thankful. This is God's will. Tied in with this um, verse, I just want to look at 1 Peter 3.16. Verse 13 says this, Now, who will want to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't be afraid and don't worry. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if you are asked about your Christian hope, always be ready to explain it. Verse 16 says, but you must do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak evil against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Those who belong to Christ live a good life, it says. They do what is right. Do you believe that? 
those who belong to Christ live a good life. How are you feeling this morning? Are you feeling encouraged? Challenged? Thank you. You see, we can be encouraged by the truth that we belong to Christ, but there's a responsibility involved with that in belonging to Christ. Is that we are to belong to Christ? That Jesus Christ should be the center of everything that we do? Yeah, I see evidence to see that quite often we don't have Jesus as the center of our life. You see, because if I understand what Scripture tells us, those who belong to Christ are joyful, are prayerful, are thankful. They live a good life. They choose to do what is right. We are light. We are salt. We are open. We are free to be disciples. And so I ask the question, do you believe it? Do you live it? Do you live your life as someone who belongs to Christ? And so we come to my key verse today. In Galatians 5. I find it interesting in this passage that the build-up to this verse 24 is the truth that we have freedom in Christ, that Christ has set us free, that sin no longer has a hold on us, sin no longer has power over us, because we are people who live by the Spirit, and the Spirit of God is alive within us. We read in Romans 8 that the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is alive within us. And so Paul is bringing this to us, and that we've been called to live in freedom, but not just freedom to serve our own sinful nature, but freedom to serve one another in love and that the law no longer has a hold on us. And so he he encourages us, he advises us to live our lives according to the Holy Spirit and not according to the sinful nature because he says when we live our life according to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit controls us and as a result of that, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self control. And then he says this, those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. And we have have been talking a lot about repentance, haven't we? And for me, this is a key verse in scripture that explains And demonstrates repentance. Those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and desires of the sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. 
You see, when we give our lives to Jesus, there is a repentance. We're sorry for the way that we've been living our life. And so we turn around and we live a new life in the new life with Jesus. So no longer sin has a control of our lives, but Holy Spirit has control of our lives. And we live our life according to the teachings of Jesus with the Holy Spirit power within us. And that for me is repentance that we have nailed, nailed it to the cross our sinful desires and our passions. So know this, that because you belong, we have repented, and there needs, but there needs to be a repentance. There needs to be a nailing of our sinful passions and desires to the cross. I'm reminded of Jesus' words to the church in Ephesians in Revelation 2. And maybe we can get some understanding and clues here about how we can no longer have Jesus as the center of our lives. Because he says in Revelation 2, I know all the things you do. I've seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. You have discovered they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me. Or each other as you first as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen from your first love. And he says this word, turn back to me again and work as you did at first. So Jesus, I believe, tells us here that yes, we have the repentance when we give our lives to Jesus right at the start of our journey. But all through our walk with Jesus, repentance needs to be part of that. You see, Paul says in Galatians 5.24 that you have nailed the passions desires of, their sin, of your sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. But this is not to be confused with um, what he, Paul says earlier on in the letter to Galatians in Galatians 2.19, for he says here, For when I tried to keep the law, I realized I could never earn God's approval. So I died to the law so that I might live for God. And he says, I have been crucified with Christ. I myself no longer live, but Christ lives in me. That is something that happens to us because we belong to Christ. That Because of our faith in Christ, that our, our sin has been crucified. But this This crucifying that Paul talks about in verse 24 is something that we do. That the the nailing of our sinful passions, the nailing of our sinful nature is nailed to the cross by us, not to us. That repentance is an act done by us. It is a turning of our back on the old life. That we can belong to Christ. I think we can belong to Christ. And not belong to Christ. Do you understand what I mean? That we can say we belong to Christ, but our lives don't reflect that. And so if we want to see change in our community, we need to repent. Because... We are told here, in, in, in Peter tells us that they will see the good in you. But if we're not living our lives as people who belong to Christ, they're not going to see that. Yeah. We're hiding that light. Yeah, that's good. 
We're not being the salt and light that we are called to be. And Jesus calls us to be that. And Jesus calls us to come to him. And I want to say today that if Jesus is in the center of your life, then there needs to be repentance. In as much that we need to turn back to God. We need to have Jesus center of our lives again. Jesus was saying it to the Ephesians. He says, one complaint I have is that you don't love me like you first loved me. That Jesus isn't the center of your life anymore. Maybe he's an add-on. I want to speak, I want to quote um, something from a great man of God, Gordon MacDonald. And um, we, I, I don't know if you do, but I listen, I know Bill and Ella listen to this great podcast by a man called Kerry Newhoff. And he interviews people, um, uh, he's American, and he interviews people every week. Um, he gives this great interviews with people, and they're really encouraging. And, and he, a couple of weeks ago, he was talking to Gordon MacDonald, great man of God. And Gordon, in, in the middle of this conversation that he has with Gordon, Gordon says this, Christianity is a religion about repentance. Repentance infers total transparency, humility, a recognition of powerlessness and the need for there to be a forgiver that closes the transaction. And he says this, a bold statement. I would contend that repentance is the most important single event in the life of a person who chooses to follow Christ. And if what I'm saying is not too far from the truth, then concomitant to that is there must be a place where I can repent. And he believes that the church, the place, the church, wherever that is, wherever we are church, ought to be the place where people's repentance is honored and responded to. And so he says that repentance is a communal thing, that we come together And one of our responsibilities of being the church, the bride of Christ, is that it should be a place, a safe place, where we repent, where we encourage one another, where we challenge one another. And talks about the privilege, Gordon talks about the privilege of accountability. gives an example of, um, of something he did in, in his life, in his journey. He spent 18 months going to AA meetings every week. He'd go to an AA meeting, not because he drunk, because he didn't drink, didn't drink alcohol. But he had people in his church who did. And so he would go there every week. And something he noticed when he went there was the openness of men and women to repent to each other. If you know how it works, you, you understand what I'm saying. But they repented to one another and acknowledged that when they slipped and taken a drink and shouldn't have, and in that communal process of repenting with one another, accountability happened. You see, repentance is acknowledgement of our sin, which leads to forgiveness, which leads to restoration. 
a turning around. And Paul talks about it here. And Jesus talks about turning back to our first love. And I wonder why. And I don't... I, I wonder why after all this that Paul talks about, about the freedom of Christ that we have, about the living because of, of, of the fruit of the Spirit, then he says these things, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passion desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. We have turned from our sins and willingly nail our sinful nature and passions to the cross. But we still have the capacity to sin. But what is broken is the power of sin over our lives. And so, the power of repentance is incredible. When we are disciples, when we follow Jesus, yes, we may slip up at times. Maybe Jesus isn't the center of our life anymore. We lose track. And so, sin, we do things that which, are, which are against what Jesus teaches us. That doesn't mean it's the end of our lives. It means that we come to Jesus and we say, I'm sorry for that. I'm turning my life around. I'm I'm making you the center of my life yet again, once again. Because you see, we have seen that those who belong to Christ have been called to belong to Christ. Those who belong to Christ are free of condemnation. Those who belong to Christ have been given generous gift, every spiritual gift we need in order to stay strong and free from blame. Galatians 3.29, I didn't say about that, but he talks about those who belong to Christ have all the promises of God. Those who belong to Christ are joyful, prayerful, thankful. Those who belong to Christ can live a good life, can make the right choices, can be free, can be open, can be the light, can be the soul. Those who belong to Christ. You see, gathered church, and this is gathered church, we are gathered together. We come together, and the importance of that is incredible. Coming together as the church is so important. Because here is the place where we remind ourselves of who we are, where we remind ourselves of what we are called to, And so that when we are gathered together, we come together and we worship together and we we are encouraged and we are reminded of who we are. And then so when we go out as the scattered church, if you like, if we go out to the places where we live, the places where we work, the places where we are with family, the places where we are doing life, then in those moments, then people can see that Jesus is in us. And we can then be that hope that Hanethli needs. That we have the light of Jesus in us so that when we are in the community, wherever we are, we can be ready to say why we belong to Jesus and we belong to him. And gathered church is a place where we can repent as an act of repentance. I wonder if we could stand to our feet right now.
I wonder whether we could do something today in response to what Holy Spirit's been saying. Because the reason I bring these words, the reason why we bring words of encouragement and challenge is that so that we can be all that we can possibly be because we belong to Christ. And I wonder whether we can do something today. If you are declaring that you belong to Christ, I wonder whether you would join me at the front here as an act. Remember we said that part of what we learned from being a disciple in, in the, when we talked about being my disciple, about Matthew, was that Matthew got up. He got up and he followed Christ. And I wonder today, if you confess to be a follower of Jesus, then you would join me as an act, as a response to what we have read today, what we've talked about today, then come and join me up the front here. Come and join me. As an act of repentance. As an act of repentance of saying, sorry, Lord, that I tried to do this my own way. That I have leaned on my own understanding. That I have leaned upon what I'm trying to understand about the world. But you see, we have every spiritual gift that we need in order to be true believers, true disciples of Jesus. And I believe. Oh, so great to have you with me. So good. And I don't want you just to do what I'm telling you to do, this needs to be an act of repentance yourself. And as Jesus speaks to the Ephesians, maybe he speaks to you, speaks to me. This one complaint I have is that you no longer love me like you first loved me. And so this act of repentance is a turning around, is of coming back, turning back to God. And saying, yes, I'm sorry for doing it my own way. I'm sorry that you're no longer center of my life. I now make you center of my life again in order that I can be open, that I can be free, that I can be a disciple, that I do belong to Christ and be seen as someone who belongs to Christ. So, Lord, we stand before you. This is the time to nail it. To nail the sinful passions and desires to the cross and crucify them there. We are not, we are not controlled by our sinful nature. We are controlled by the Holy Spirit. And I believe the great things that we can do as followers of Jesus who truly have him as the place of honor in our lives.
Lord, we come to you now. And this act of standing together as your church, we're sorry. Repent of doing it our own way. And we follow you, Jesus, making you the center of our lives. Being led by your Holy Spirit. your love for me that you died and rose again and that I may be free to be your disciple